The second season of El Flow is here. Step into the ever-evolving world of reggaeton and get up close with both legendary figures and emerging talents in the industry. Part of the enormous significance of reggaeton is really the way in which personal narratives connect to larger things going on historically and socially. Listen to El Flow on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. For all the parents out there, picture that it's bedtime. You and the kids have been busy all day. You know they're tired, but for some reason, they just won't go to sleep. And for this reason, I created the podcast Bedtime History. Bedtime History is a series of relaxing history stories that end with an inspirational message. With over 2,000 positive parent reviews, Bedtime History is one of the top education podcasts. Join me and listen to Bedtime History every Monday and Thursday on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Albert Breer joins us live. Wearing, not incidentally, an Alabama sweatshirt, Michigan. I've been lowered to this. No, I'm just trying to support the. the I'm just trying to support the student athletes here, Colin. That's all. The Alabama student. I'm a champion for the 22, 21, 20 year olds that I'm be covering in a couple of years. Yeah, no, I roll it. tide. So let's go. Let's go step by step with uh, Russ. Um, Mm-hmm. How did it all happen? You know, there's different reports out yeah. there. Let, let's just start kind of how did it all happen? Yeah, this goes back to January when they were deciding what they wanted to do. And really, I think, you know, part of the whole hiring process for them after what they went through with Nathaniel Hackett was finding somebody who could stand up to Russell Wilson. And if you look at the guys that they interviewed, it was D'Amico Ryans. It was Jim Harbaugh. It was guys with skins on the wall who would be able to stand up to Russell Wilson. And it wasn't necessarily about trying to resurrect Russell Wilson. It was about trying to value him. Like, what is his value at this point? And is his value commensurate with the contract he's getting? And I'd argue Sean Payton's done that. Like, I think Sean Payton has maximized Russell Wilson. He got him to subjugate his ego. He got him to um, play a style more like the style he was successful with in Seattle. And, uh, you know, about the middle of the year, they, I think, came to the decision, this isn't working. And if you look at the way the contract is set up, and I think you made this point earlier, it's about the contract. It's not about the player. It's not about whether he's doing, a, putting forth a passable performance or, you know, whether he's better than you expected. It's about the contract. And, you know, you look at the contract and there's a series of buyouts. Um, that's the way the rolling guarantee structure sets up. It would have been $39 million, $39 million to get out of the deal this year. It would be $37 million to get out of the deal next year. That means you're basically saying either we pull the Band-Aid off now or we're making a two-year commitment to him. And if you make a two-year commitment to him, you're carrying Russell Wilson as the guy you're tying your job security into year three of the Sean Payton era. 
And so this is a pretty cut and dry decision for them um, where they looked at it and said, can we get him pay- playing at a passable level? Sure, we can do that. We can find a way to win games with him, but he's not the guy we want to build around and certainly not on that contract. And that obviously led them to a decision, I think, that's been in the making for a few months now and and became final on Tuesday. What do you think the market for Russ is? We went back and forth on this. I don't think it's gigantic. Uh, I mean, Justin mm-hmm. Fields will have a market, but he's cheap and in his prime going into it. Russ yep. is expensive, and he's he's not as twitchy as he once was. He doesn't throw the ball down the field. What's his market? Well, he has the same problem that Cam Newton and Tim Tebow had. Can you imagine him as a backup, Colin? No, 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 no. <laughs> Okay, so that's out, right? Then the other way he would get with a new team would be as a bridge, right? Like, can he be the bridge quarterback? So if you're the Bears and say you're planning on drafting Caleb Williams, you know, he could be the guy that you'd bring in and say, okay, like Russell Wilson's our starter for now until Caleb's ready to go. Is Russell Wilson the guy that ideally you'd want to have around Caleb Williams? Probably not, right? So, I mean, I, I'm not sure where the path is here for him. It's not as easy as it is for some other quarterbacks. Like, you can envision Kirk Cousins going somewhere as he gets older and becoming a backup or becoming a bridge quarterback. It's a lot harder to do that with Russell Wilson because everything he brings with him, his yeah. celebrity, all of the different things, the history. Um, you know, I just it's hard to figure yeah. where his fit is going to be. It's not even finding an inv- individual team. It's finding a particular circumstance that right. he would fit into at this point. So, mm. you know, I, I think the, 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 the path would be as, as some sort of bridge quarterback. Um, but where is that? You know, like New England, if Belichick were to stay there, this feels like a Belichick project. But Bill might not be there. It's just hard to find a team yeah. where it would really fit based on everything that Russell's going to bring along with Okay, him. so you're in a division with Herbert twice a year and Mahomes twice a year. I have mm-hmm. a hard time believing Jarrett Stidham's the future. What is Denver's yep. future? They're going to look hard at the quarterbacks in the draft. There's no question about that. You know, and now where they're picking is going to be a factor. Um, at least right now, it looks like you'd be out of range to get a Caleb Williams or a Drake May. So where does Jaden Daniels fall in all of this? Where does J.J. McCarthy fall in this? Um, the interesting thing about this year's class is you have two guys who I think are legitimately worthy of being the first overall pick in May. And of course, Williams, who's seen as a once every five or six years type of prospect at the position. Then you've got a next, then you got like a, a another crew of players that the NFL is going to have to dig into and study and uh, guys who have potential, who've won at the college level, who've played a lot. McCarthy's in that group. Daniels is in that group. Uh, you know, Bo Nix at Oregon, Michael Penix at Washington. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's the group that Denver is going to be digging through. You know, and then do you bring in a, a veteran to, to work with whoever the rookie might be if you do draft a rookie? Um, I, I think this is going to be a two-layered thing for the Broncos. So I think the first thing they look at is who they might be able to get in the draft. And obviously before they get to the draft, they're going to have to make a decision on what they want to do with a veteran at the position. Okay, now we get controversial topics. Teams mm-hmm. are saying, I read this all over the interweb, Snapchat and stuff. Uh, I hear this. <laughs> How come nobody went after Lamar Jackson in this offseason? Very suspicious. And your take is what? My take is Lamar like would have required a lot of, I think, a leap of faith, right? He finished the last two years injured. Yeah. He was going to cost a lot of money. He was going to cost you two first-round picks. And you do have to rearrange who you are offensively to get the most out of him, right? So 
You have to count on the idea that he is going to stay healthy when he hadn't stayed healthy the two years before. You're going to have to commit a contract. You're going to have to commit draft picks. And oh, by the way, you're going to have to commit to playing offense a certain way. And that's a big yeah, leap of faith for the team to take. That is. Like, that's where Atlanta was. Like Atlanta liked him as a player, but Atlanta went down that list and it's like, we just can't do it. Like, we just, like, like how are we going to, you know, how are we going to count count on all of these things hitting at once you know and so that's why i think he was a little bit of a conundrum you know like where you love the player you love everything he brings to the table but there was just like a lot that went around went went, went along with acquiring him which you know put the ravens in position to to go and do a deal with him and they've always believed in him the contract was just the issue negotiating the right contract yeah. was just the issue and you know, finally, when you backed him into a corner and they had to put, use the franchise tag on him, they wind up getting it done. All right, more controversy. But you're wearing an Alabama sweatshirt, so you're just here for hot takes today, right? Oh, here we go. <laughs> That's Here's right. Here's the next one. This is the week. This is the week. <laughs> Are you buying Aaron Rodgers' assertion that it wasn't his idea to take up a roster spot and be activated? I I do believe it. Like, and I I, I know there are, there's warranted skepticism around that. Um, but you know, everybody I've talked to in that building has actually said that he's been a great teammate and he's done everything we, we've asked. And you talk to Robert Sala, and what Robert has said to me over and over and over again um, in our conversations over the last six or seven months is like he's really been wowed by what a thoughtful person he is. And I know that doesn't really match with the persona. But if you go back to Green Bay, and, and this is something that's really, it's a nuance that I think you can find in offices across America, Colin. Yeah. Like, he has trouble with people above him, not below him. You know what I mean? Like, that's where his problems have always been. Like, he's always taking care of his teammates. He's always taking care of the people below him, like the trainers, the, the, the weight room staff. All those people in Green Bay would have great things to say about Aaron Rodgers. It was the Mark Murphys and the Brian Gutekunst of the world that he had issues with. Yeah. You know, Mike McCarthy at one point. Yeah. Um, so like, he's always been somebody who's sort of punched up, not punched down, yeah. which is why all those players followed him to the jets. So do I believe that he would take care of somebody who was below him and be thoughtful about that? I do. Cause it's sort of his history. Like when yeah. you cut through the celebrity and everything we all think of him, like who he is as a person, it sort of matches up. So I understand why people are skeptical, but I do believe it. I, for the record, I said this a couple of months ago, I said, I'm not, I'm not Freud, but I do believe you can look at Aaron's history, and in one mm -hmm. sentence, I think this sums up his personality. He pushes back on authority. Vaccines, yes. government, GM, mm -hmm. father. His, he pushes right. back on a, a dad's ideology, a government's ideology, a vaccine, a coach. That's what he does. That's his, now, I'm not saying that affects his quarterback play, mm -hmm. but I do think you can paint a pretty accurate picture saying Aaron's going to push back and make – people in power uncomfortable, and that's not a terrible quality. Okay, now let's go right. to my next non-controversial take, but it's interesting. I said, I know people wouldn't believe this, but I think Baker actually deserves more credit for what he's doing with a sub-500 defensive coach. Yes, the division's bad, but so what? Trevor Lawrence's division was bad last year. I didn't discredit him. So what Baker's doing is really, to me, very, very impressive. AFC playoff team, NFC playoff team potentially. Russell Wilson couldn't do that. So I said, mm -hmm. because they're going to make the playoffs, I think, and that means they're drafting, you know, down in the 20s. Okay, they, they don't want to give up draft capital. And my takeaway is I look at the best quarterbacks in the league. 
And they have yeah. issues. Jalen Hurts regressing. Burrow can't stay healthy. This guy's too expensive. Justin Herbert doesn't win enough. And I'm like, I got no problem with Baker getting a three- and four-year deal. If the number starts right. with a three, what do you mm-hmm. think? Is Tampa, do you think, giving this consideration that, hey, he's better than 90, 80% yeah. of the guys that do this? Well, I mean, like, let me ask you this, Colin. Would you rather have his contract at less than $10 million bucks or Daniel Jones's contract or oh, Derek God, Carr's I mean, contract I, I, or Jimmy Garoppolo's contract? Even if you paid you know him what, what Daniel like, Jones makes, I would take Baker the quarterback. He's a good – yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is, like, he – like, you look at him and to some degree he's been a victim of circumstance, right? Like, he had his big breakout in Cleveland, right, like in 2020 yeah. when they made the playoffs and won a playoff game under a coach and GM who didn't draft him, right? So then they wind up moving off of him. He goes to a Panther situation where the coach is about to get fired. Then he goes to the Rams, lights the world on fire when he has a, you know, a good staff that he's working with and Sean McVay and those guys. I, like you can look at it. You can explain away a lot of his issues, you know, and it's interesting because I talked to Baker about this a couple of times over, you know, the last four or five months. And I, I, I remember saying to him, I'm like, in week one, it looked like you were more willing as a runner. And you kind of had this, like, excuse my language, this effort, like mentality, you know, like I'm going to go out and play my game now. I told him, I, I, I feel like it, look, it feels like I'm looking at Oklahoma Baker. And he said, yeah, like, I'm just going out there and having fun now. I'm not worried about all the other stuff anymore. And so I think going through this and having to had to learn different systems and adjust to different circumstances, it's almost turned him back into that walk on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like with the mentality that he plays with. And yeah. I think that's one big reason why Tampa's getting the most out of him and all that experience that he's had now has really benefited him. So I, I think he's learned from it. And I think, you know, if you decide to pay him after this year, if you're Tampa and we don't even know fully like where, like where they're going to be from a head coaching standpoint, if they don't win the division, all of that. But I, I just, I, I'm with you. I look at this and say, if it's a reasonable B level quarterback contract, I, I 100% would be on board with doing it because I think he's going to take the lessons that he learned from being the number one overall pick and having to fall on his face again and really, you know, applied them to everything that he does. And the result has been pretty good. By the way, I got 27, 24 Michigan over Bama with some reservation. <laughs> what, what, what do you think is going to happen? Um, I think Alabama, I think the key is going to be whether or not Alabama stops the run. You know, he's a big, big roll tide guy here. I think whether or not they, <laughs> whether or not they stop the run is going to be the biggest thing because I think Michigan's tackles will struggle with Alabama's edge rushers, and I don't think Michigan's receivers are going to be able to get open against that Bama secondary. So if they can run the ball and maybe involve J.J. McCarthy in the run game and loosen things up a little bit, then I think Michigan can win. But I think that's going to be vital that they turn back into that team they were a year ago where they were the big physical running team, which, you know, I – in spots has been what they are this year, but it hasn't always worked the way that it worked last year. Okay. All right. So you sound hopeful. See, unbiased in my analysis. There you go. <laughs> Albert Breer, Monday morning quarterback. I like Michigan narrowly. He sounds like he's leaning Bama. What do you, where are you at? Where, where are you <laughs> at? Leaning Bama, wearing an Alabama You and I are both yeah. Michigan. I'm on Michigan, yep. Money line. Line's up to two and a half in the desert today. Somebody's betting Michigan. You can get it one, one and a half. Maybe money line's a safer play. Michigan will win this game. Oh, boy. Go ahead and clip it off and throw it in my face if Alabama wins. That's what I said about Dallas this weekend. Somebody showed me a stat. Jim Harbaugh's 0-6 in bowl games, 0-6 against the spread. Is that? I I didn't even have a chance to look it up. I was like, what? 
He hasn't done well in bowl games. That's fine. A lot of them are irrelevant exhibitions. This one is not. All right. Back in a second. Live in L.A., it's the Herd. I have a great parlay for you this weekend. Thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. New users use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's me. When you download the app, takes about a minute. Now for my parlay pick of the week via DraftKings Sportsbook. Cowboys at home minus six against Detroit. I like Detroit, but they're hot and cold. Never as good on the road. Cowboys have to get good and get right. I'll take them to win by a touchdown. Steelers plus three and a half at Seattle. Let's be honest about the Seahawks. They've been outplayed and won the last two weeks. I'll take the hook at three and a half Pittsburgh. Broncos minus five hosting the Chargers. Listen, it's the season. Russell Wilson may get moved out of town if he plays poorly again. I get a coaching and a quarterback edge at home. Broncos minus five. If you want to take the herd parlay, check out DraftKings Sportsbook. New users, the code is HERD when you download the app. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. See show notes for full details. Thanks for listening to the HERD podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The code is HERD, H-E-R-D. New customers can bet 5 bucks, get $150 instantly in bonus bets. That's only at DraftKings Sportsbook and only with the code HERD, H-E-R-D. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-367. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. 
comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Man, we got a lot of stuff going on. Woo-wee! Got a little game before the end of the show. We're going to do some Russell Wilson projecting where he lands. Who's in, Ooh. who's Wilson, and Will South. Wordplay. J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. Let's go back to Baker Mayfield after that riveting um, blind resume contest yes. we did last time. Oh, my gosh. That was spicy. Listen, he's having a career year. Bucks first in the NFC South. Both you and I thought they'd be sellers at the deadline. Yeah. You know, it did not happen. Here's Baker Mayfield talking about what he thinks has been so great with the Bucks this year. Obviously, free agency allowed me to pick the organizational stability and knowing what it is here. So that's that's what you look for when you have an opportunity to choose. And so you, you look for that and then you do the best you can and make the most of it. So right now, just trying to take it one game at a time, like I've mentioned the past few weeks and, and see where it goes. I think just <clears throat> being in this system for a little bit now, getting comfortable with it. And this is, you know, um, that's what happens. Once you get comfortable in the system, you can truly grow and see the improvements. And I think that's where we're at right now. More mature Baker Mayfield. I like it. He's he's a grown-up now. He wasn't like the number one pick, the savior of the Browns. Did did you hear that little dig? Like, free agency, you get to pick where you want to go. Organization stability. I mean, that's like a mature phrase. Well, also, he and Brady both picked Tampa. So doesn't that make you feel, if you're a Bucs fan, better about the organization? Both Brady and Baker. And by the way, I think Mike Evans has a lot to do with that. I mean, he's a really great player, big target. But I think both Baker and Tom, no state tax, warm weather, weak division, star receiver, and they've always had a good GM. Jason Light's always drafted well. Well, and then you look at, like, Caleb Williams is, or Drake May is going to have to go to the Bears. Do they have organization stability? How, I mean, have they in the last, I don't know, 30 years? It just sucks for these young quarterbacks. You go, you go number one, and it's like you're going to a dumpster fire almost every year. It's, it's just not great. And that's if you why- go to the mock drafts, there's... Um, I mean, I, I, it really is. There, there's an advantage to going like post twelve. Well, I, I mean, like Mahomes you, went ten, I believe. Josh yeah, Allen, but, but went, I mean, Mahomes went out of the top ten. What was Josh Allen? Seven. I think about seven. Yeah, but I mean, there, Mac Jones, if he could play, would have been perfect. Herbert Belichick fell a little bit to five, I believe. Um, I mean, listen, whoever goes one's going to the Bears. I mean, I, oh, I, unless they trade it and get a haul. The Bears, I don't know if I don't like the ownership. I'm not I don't trust the front office. The coach doesn't work. I actually I actually like some of the Bears players, but uh and some of their offensive talent's pretty good. Montez Sweat I like on defense, but I mean that's just that's the reality. You have to be good enough. That's why you always use on this show the word overcomer. Are you an overcomer? And you'll know very quickly with a Burrow, with a Herbert, with a Hurts, you'll know very quickly. Um is this game going to be in the Blazing Five tomorrow? Bucks Saints divisional matchup, sitting on a field goal. Um, I would say it has a chance to be. This is a. Derek- I, I will tell you. There's. Uh, I got three of them picked. So this I, is I'll one- know by 
One o'clock this afternoon. Okay. So that's in like an hour and a half. Yeah. Derek Carr is a big, big game for him. He cannot, you know, crap he, the bed. Hey, listen. He's been a disappointment. That they've been one of the top two or three disappointments in the league. I mean, the last Island game he played in was uh, last Thursday against the Rams. It, they were down thirty to seven, like in the fourth. Like that can't happen, Derek. Uh, next up, Vikings. They've been sifting through quarterbacks since Kirk Cousins went down. Now his contract is up. There was a lot of chatter that you know he's going to sign anywhere, be coveted. Now he's coming off the Achilles. Well, Justin Jefferson is lobbying for Kirk Cousins to stick around. Oh. It's definitely, you know, tough without him, you know, being there, uh, you know, his leadership, his knowledge of the game, uh, his awareness uh, is it, definitely, you know, a, a piece missing. Just not having that that main piece out there on the table. I feel like I, I really don't have to voice my opinion that much. Um, I mean, you can just really look at the stats and look at the play, um, especially before he, he went down this year. Uh, but I definitely will always, you know, give that extra word or two uh, for for Kirko, for sure. Yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins, let me look it up here. Before the season-ending injury, 70% completion rate, 104 passer rating. Well, I mean, they lost, like, practically every game, but... but well, well, he, they, listen, they won I it. like Kirk Cousins. I came into the season saying I would take him over Dak Prescott. That has kind of changed a little bit. Dak's been excellent. I just wonder, how, how do you handle this if you're Cousins? Do you just kind of slink back to Minnesota on a team-friendly deal because you're coming off an Achilles? Or do you test the market and no, go to maybe think, a, a crappy team? i got to tell you, Minnesota, I don't think we realize, because Green Bay has been so noteworthy in division, Minnesota's always well-run. Always competitive. They're always viable. I always think the Vikings are very strongly well-run. I, I, when's the last awful Vikings team? I mean, they won with Dante Culpepper. To some degree, they. I mean, they won with they win with Kirk Cousins. Didn't they won with Case Keenum. They went to like the uh, um, against the Eagles in the NFC Championship. I mean, when I grew up, they were in the Super Bowl all the time. Wow. The Purple People Eaters, Fran Tarkin and Alan Page. Do do we even count that as the modern era when you're talking about the seventies? I do. I mean, for 15 years they were good. Bud Grant. I mean, I'm sure they've had bad teams, but most of my life, Minnesota's been well run. It's like Seattle. They don't win a lot of titles in their sports, but Minnesota is the Vikings. Minnesota is a city with smart people. They're they're a little bit like a happier Boston. It's cold weather, maybe some free agent limitations. People don't want to go in the cold weather, but a Minnesota teams always feel pretty smart and well-run. Do you want to play that game where we just rattle off players from the Vikings and then whoever can't come up with one loses? I'll go first. Okay. Chris Dolman. How good was he? Oh, he was so good. Um, go ahead. Wow. Chuck this- Foreman. Is that a re- we need a judge score? I don't. I've never heard of that. I believe Joey Browner was an awesome Viking safety in the eighties. I collected football cards, so. All right, Fran Tarkenton. That's not bad. Randy Moss. Chris Carter. Uh, Reed. What was it? Jake Reed. You remember him? He was like a third wide receiver. Nobody wants to watch. This. That's a victory, this baby. Is terrible. Television. Final story: Jets Browns kick off Week Seventeen tonight. Ugh. God. Oh boy! Uh, um, do I watch it? Uh, I mean, I'd rather watch Oklahoma play Arizona. Frankly, you, you know what? There's this amazing thing called a remote control where you can toggle between games, so you can watch the Browns against my Jets. This is the least excited I've been to watch the Jets all season. Like, they Cle- got go Cleveland's going to win. Cleveland's going to win this game handily. I, I'm calling like twenty to nine. Yes, I, I think you. I know nobody wants to give the hook. 
Trevor Simeon's moving the ball against his defense? No. Really? Cleveland's going to win this game. Short of two defensive touchdowns. 20 to 10, Cleveland. I got 20 to 9. Yeah, oh my that's God. What it feels totally like. copying me. Oh. And we both have the under. Um, Zach Wilson's still in concussion protocol. What a mess the Jets are. Thank you. Yeah. I'm a Niners fan. I could have said that the last 10 years. You could just say, what a mess the Jets are. Last 10 years, it worked every year. extended to like 13 or 14. Since Sanchez left, all downhill. That's right. J-Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. I, I will say, let me touch on this again. Forget the whole Florida State angle. I know you guys all think that college football coaches are supposed to figure it out in two years. Nick Saban lost to Louisiana Monroe his first year at Alabama. I watched USC last night, and I was like, they got a bunch of freshman receivers that are money. They found their quarterback in Miller Moss. I thought they played with a ton of hustle and passion. They lead the nation in scoring the last two years, and for the first time I can remember, they had a recruiting class and a transfer portal class with size, linemen. I'm watching USC last night. Do I think they're going to win the Big Ten next year? No. But go to the Big Ten right now. Look at the offenses. Wisconsin's is awful. Iowa's awful. Nebraska's awful. Michigan State's awful. Penn State's offense isn't much. They're going to score. They score on everybody. They may lose games, but they score on virtually everybody. And they massively upgraded their defensive staff, getting really smart people. But I watched them last night, and I'm like, Louisville gave Florida State trouble, and that was like a scrimmage with a bunch of freshmen playing. USC is going to be fine. Again, Harbaugh's best team at Michigan, year nine. Brian Kelly's best team at Notre Dame, year nine. Dabo's best year at Clemson, I think, was year eight or nine. It takes a while. This program was a mess under Clay Helton. They walked, Lincoln Riley came into this program, and they their staff said, 27 guys can play. And you need 85 scholarship players. So, by the way, like Deion Sanders and like Brian Kelly at LSU and USC, they went heavy transfer portal and they hit on a bunch of offensive transfer portal guys and they missed on some defensive transfer portal guys. But I, I watched USC last night. I'm like, they found their quarterback. They'll be fine in the Big Ten, a conference where, I mean, I know everybody has the Big Ten as this formidable challenge. You know the biggest challenge outside of Michigan and Ohio State in the Big Ten? is going to be Oregon, Washington, and UCLA. Those teams can score. Michigan, Ohio State can score. Most of the Big Ten can't. They're going to be fine. Russell Wilson or Russell Wilsout? What teams are truly interested? Thoughts on that next. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury 
with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, it's the Herd. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Any. That's right. To celebrate college basketball's most frenzied time of the year, it's here. DraftKings is giving new customers a shot to rack up bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code heard once again, new customers. Bet 5 and get 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, code heard. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Make sure you play this week's Fox Super 6 free-to-play game. Download the Fox Sports app and enter for free for a chance to win your share of $10,000 in weekly cash prizes. All right, so the Russell Wilson story, we've, we've kind of layer by layer, block by block, discussed it. And so we thought, what teams realistically, for varying reasons, would be interested in Russell Wilson? Ready to go? Uh, let's go. Uh, Name Wilson, the team. 
or Wilson out? Are the Falcons a fit for Russell Wilson next season? I would say out because they're projected to have the number 10 pick, so they're going to get a young, cheap quarterback for Arthur Smith. They also have Taylor Heineke under contract. So I my takeaway is get cheap at quarterback. Arthur Smith cannot inherit limitations on cap. I can build my offense. By the way, you also have a bunch of, like Green Bay, got a bunch of kid receivers and tight ends and backs. Why not get another young guy to grow with them? Not like the teacher, the mentor, Arthur Smith, young guy, but young they, back, didn't tight they end. Just have a chance at the draft, and he got Desmond Ritter. Well, looked they, at him and said, "That's our guy this season." Well, they missed on that, so do it again. Mm. All right, are the Bears a fit for Russell Wilson next season? Out. They got the number one pick. There's better quarterbacks out there. I mean, Caleb Williams has a much higher ceiling. So does Drake May. Um, and 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 the, the truth is. You know, new coach is not going to want to inherit an issue. Okay, this one wasn't on my radar, but I think they're interesting. Are the Raiders a fit for Russell Wilson next season? I thought about it. Ciara maybe like it, performer. But, um, you know, they're already paying Garoppolo. I think they got to go get a quarterback. In that division, I mean, Russell's already in the division. They've seen Russell Wilson. My takeaway is, you know... Antonio Pierce has probably seen him and seen the film of him. They know him well. I doubt he's going, wow, get me that. What he's worried about is Herbert and Mahomes. So I don't think he would think with Russell. Plus, they got to get somebody that works with Devontae Adams, who is very outspoken. If that thing went sideways, Devontae Adams would call out Russ in a second. Yeah, in the division, unlikely. Yeah. Uh, are the Vikings a fit for Russell Wilson next season? You think it is a little, but I will say this. Kirk's loved in the building, and his numbers were fantastic before the injury. And he, you know, I mean, I just, I, I, I look at this and I say to myself, if you're going to go older, expensive quarterback, what about the guy everybody likes in the building? Why go outside the building? Everybody likes Kirk. People may have limitations, but everybody likes Kirk. Russell's had three different coaches bail on him. So, I mean, I, I just think you'd, if you're going to have an older quarterback, why not the guy everybody loves? Okay. Are the New England Patriots a fit for Russell Wilson? It doesn't feel like it would work. I mean, again, I, I although I will say this, if Belichick stays, the young guy, Mac Jones, didn't work. Do you want an older guy? I mean, I don't I don't know. I just I don't have I don't have any feeling for what they're gonna do. I, I just they are so Jurassic at offense. I mean, honestly, there's nothing about that Jurassic. offense I like. Bill O'Brien's got a story out today. He's clunky. Belichick's tone deaf. They can't draft skill people. They got a bunch of guards and kickers. I don't have, I would say out. I just, I don't know. I, I have no feel for how they view offense because how they view offense, I don't. 0 for 5 so far. What about the Giants? A fit for Russell Wilson? Out. They're already paying. They're already paying Daniel Jones. You can't. You know, and Daniel Jones, I think, has no market, so you can't move that. So they're stuck. All right, what about the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin? In a weird way, it's the only thing they're missing. I, I would say they're yeah. not paying those receivers anything. Offensive line's got some cheap pieces. They're at the number 17 pick, so they're not going to get a quarterback. And my takeaway is defense. Here's why I would say they wouldn't, because defensive coaches tend to think, "Hey, if I can just limit Kenny Pickett's turnovers, right. we can win this thing." I don't think you can. I do think they just. He's kind of a. I don't know. I just they have some drama at wide receiver. Some, and I mean like, 
Russell's like head down, optimistic, follow rules. He, I think it kind of works. All right. I don't know if this is comedy or not, but are the Seahawks a good fit for Russell Wilson? Not as long as Pete Carroll's there. So zero chance of that happening. Let's quickly pivot to the Bucks, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Are they a good fit? No, I think right now Baker's the better quarterback. Well, I think he is. He was a number one pick. I think I think Baker fits the Bucks. A little bit of a chip on his shoulder, a little bit of a rebel. I think that's the Bucks have always been a little bit of a pirate ship, a little bit of a rebel. Outside the lines, I think Baker fits there. All right, now this next fan base is crushing me for suggesting it, but are the Titans a good fit for Russell Wilson? I think they're going to give Will Levis another year. I think they are. He's he's in it. He's a second round pick. He costs them nothing. I I, I don't think so. I I think they're going to give like Malik Willis. They tried it with. Would you just acknowledge that already Will Levis didn't work? So what you're saying is we can't figure quarterback out. And they already. By the way, they had Tannehill. They paid a fortune for a quarterback. They got to the playoffs a bunch with them. I don't know. I, 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 honest question. Doesn't Will Levis probably deserve a full year of starting? He certainly does. But guess what? The head coach could be on the chopping block after no playoffs last year and this year. Mm-hmm. Now, they had quarterback injuries. What's I'm, who's chopping block? Well, do you want a, quarter, a, a coach who's losing back-to-back seasons? Now, Derek uh, Henry saying, I'm out of here, I'm done. Like, yeah, but he already beat the GM in a power struggle. Okay, final one. Are the Commanders a fit for Russell Wilson? I think they are. New owner, tons of cap space. They've got possession receivers that kind of work with Russ. He doesn't throw the ball deep anymore. I I think they're, you know, new coach. Again, in that division, how do you make a big leap? I don't buy Sam Howell. I think he, I did, I watched, I've watched enough. He's got a lot of those kind of garbagey points when you're trailing late. I mean, Jacoby Brissett's now... I, I think Pittsburgh and Washington feel like there's a shot. But, you know, Albert Breer was on earlier. Weren't you a little surprised that Albert Breer said, I don't see a fit. Albert Breer said something, and it's interesting. Certain quarterbacks, Tebow was this way, Kaepernick was this way, Lamar's a little this way, and Russ is. Um, and Tebow's not nearly as good as those players. But there are certain styles that you have to bring in certain coaches. Like, so much of this is like with Lamar Jackson. Now I would have gone and pursued him, right? But I didn't think Baltimore was ever letting him go. I thought I thought it was a lot of positioning by the Ravens. They were going to sign him. I mean, they literally win seventy five percent of their games with him, twenty two percent without him. They weren't, and you had to give up first round picks. He's been injured. They're all in on Lamar. They have been from day one. They love him. So th- th- that was not going to be a market. I think everybody in the league knew well, they're in on him. Well, wait a minute. If you go back at the time, I'm pretty sure Lamar wanted that fully guaranteed deal. And Baltimore's like, hell no. And it was acrimonious. I remember this show for at least a month. Remember he went down to like Florida and was trying to sell some some workout thing that he was you could drag along. And I know. He was doing all this wacky stuff, and it seemed like it was not a good time for them. Like they were you know, a couple living apart or something. It was nearly the end, no? I don't think it was. I think, again, when you get into these power struggles, uh, you know, contract stuff, people do say a lot in the press, and it's just all positioning that they weren't letting Lamar Jackson go. Good God. Where were they going to go? Well, I think the bigger question did is, you did you watch anybody... the offense the year before when he was yeah. out? Well, well, I mean, listen, uh, Tyler Huntley not nearly got a playoff win uh, backing up yeah, Lamar. Nearly. Nearly, but it's not like Lamar's got a billion playoff wins. Anyways, it's almost like 
nobody else jumped in and said, we want to get in the Lamar Jackson business. Like, I'm not saying Baltimore would have given him up, but where were the offers? Okay, let me ask you this. When Denver signed Russell, was there a bunch of... uh, uh, Well, that was different. You had to trade, right? But I'm saying is, did we know before Goff or Russell Wilson... This idea that teams tell you what they want to do, they lie all the time, right before the draft. We like this, this, this. They never do it. So if you like Lamar, the last thing you wanted to do is tell the market, hey, we're going after Lamar. So I I think that story is overplayed. Baltimore loved him. He had had back-to-back injury years and was going to be expensive. Baltimore had a system in place. They knew his game. They knew what he was, and they loved him. Well, they got a new OC. Remember the kid, uh, Munkin, I believe, from Georgia? But doesn't that offense look like last? It looks like Lamar's offense is all feel to me Lamar-led. Odell was – where was Odell last year? He wasn't there, right, was he? No, he he wasn't. Odell's look good. Uh, Zay Flowers is – Amazing. They're doing this without Mark Andrews. Like, a lot of newness in Baltimore. They got the number one seed. So people are trying to make a, look, the media's bored. And it's like, hey, nobody bid on Lamar. Wow. You have no idea if team, like, we had Albert Breer on. He said Atlanta disgusted. it. I remember that. But it, it's, it's not everybody that's great has a huge mark. When Tom Brady the GOAT was available, two teams went after him Tampa and the Chargers. That's right. As a free agent with no injuries, the GOAT won a Super Bowl. Two teams. It's okay. Once you got to pay a quarterback a lot of money, people don't have cap space. The market shrinks. He'd come off injuries. He's great. We know he's great. The Ravens knew he was great. We'll see you tomorrow. It's the hurt. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The second season of El Flow is here. Step into the ever-evolving world of reggaeton and get up close with both legendary figures and emerging talents in the industry. Part of the enormous significance of reggaeton is really the way in which personal narratives connect to larger things going on historically and socially. Listen to El Flow on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.